We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Seven minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock, and we are starting uh, on this Monday, the 13th morning of the 12th month of the year of our Lord, 2021. Appreciate you being with us. Coming up in a half an hour, we will talk to Congressman Jim Jordan, who is also, of course, uh, author Jim Jordan. Do What You Said You Would Do is his book. It is out It is a great Christmas gift, and we're going to talk to him about the left not doing what they said they would do. And quite frankly, Jim Jordan pulls no punches and talks about rhinos who promised to do certain things if they were elected who are not doing what they said they would do either. All of that going to be coming up uh, at uh, 9.35 this morning. And believe me, there is a lot of grist for the mill today, including the new polling numbers, which seem to just, well, not seem, just they are. They just... This is reality. This isn't an appearance. This is reality. The poll numbers for the Brandon administration continue to plummet. I'm not talking about a slow, gradual slide. I'm talking falling off of a cliff and crashing in a fireball below. That's what the numbers for Joe Biden are doing right now. And it's all because of, gee, well, I don't know. The way Americans' lives have been impacted by this man and his far-left radical Marxist party's platform. You follow that? Far-left Marxist party's radical platform. This is, this is the reality. These people are Marxists. These people are socialists. And they're pushing it on all of us. And we are all paying an extraordinary price, quite literally, when it comes to what we pay in prices for everything from cars to fuel to put into the cars to fuel to put into your bodies at the grocery store or at the restaurant clothing to cover your body particularly in this winter heat 
energy costs to heat your home during this winter. Literally everything costs more, and not just a little bit more, a lot more. Hugh Hewitt did something on his program this morning. It's the first time in a while that I really agreed with what he was doing because Hugh is also continuing to tell you to get your third and your fourth and your fifth and your sixth booster shots. If that's what they tell you to do, do it. I disagree with my friend on that, but I loved his call out to the country saying, tell me about inflation where you live. Give me a real-world example. What are you paying more for? How much more? How bad is the Brandon administration economy harming you and your family? And I think that's a really, really great idea, and we're going to do the same thing here on this program. Now, we'll have a a smaller circle because we're just northeast Ohio, and he did that nationally. But I want to find out in in all seriousness. I don't care if you shop at Aldi's or Walmart Grocery or Giant Eagle. And it doesn't even have to be, by the way. Uh, just groceries. This is Christmas season. We're 12 days away from Christmas Day, 11 from Christmas Eve. Gift buying time has been here a while. What about clothing? What about toys? What about electronics? What about home goods? What about decorations for Christmas? What about everything that you're buying? I want to hear real-world examples of what it's costing you because of the Biden administration. I know we are just only one year in-ish uh, to the uh, Brandon administration. But I'm reminded of, you know, the, the re-ele- re-election campaign for uh, for Ronald Reagan in 1984. Are you better off now than you were four years ago? And the answer, of course, was yes. And that's why President Reagan steamrolled to another huge victory. And then George H.W. Bush got another big victory after that. And George Bush would have gotten another big victory after that had Ross Perot not come in and screwed things up and given the election to Bill Clinton. But I digress. The point is, ask yourself that question one year into the Brandon administration. Remember, President Brandon came into office saying that Donald Trump actually campaigned for office. Donald Trump does not have a plan for COVID-19. He doesn't know how to defeat COVID-19. I do. It was one of his ads. He said it in speeches, said it in debates. I have the plan. I know how to beat COVID, and I will. Here we are, one year into President Brandon's administration, and COVID, at least in terms of raw numbers, is far worse with a full vaccine available for the entirety of his time. Remember, uh, President Trump only had the quote-unquote pseudo-vaccines available for the last two and a half months of his presidency, November, December, and then half of January. It's been there for the entire year for President Brandon. And guess what? It's worse now than ever. But I've got thoughts on that, too, which we will get to in just a couple of moments. All right, so that's what we're doing today. We've got to, I want to talk to you about your expenditures and what it's doing to you, what the Brandon economy and the highest inflation in 39 years is doing to you. And then we're, and then we're going to talk a lot about um, uh, what to do about uh, the latest push for us to put more toxins into our body, which may or may not have very serious adverse effects for all of us. One size fits all. They say one size fits all medicine. That's right. The shot is the same for a 5-year-old as it is for an 85-year-old. The shot is the same for a man who's 375 pounds as it is for a 105-pound woman. The shot is the same for somebody who's got congestive heart failure, who's got disease, who's got uh, coronary disease, who's got cancer, who's got diabetes, as it is for somebody who is uh, a, a triathlete. It all works the same in everybody, they want you to believe. 
It is the most, I'm getting off into a tangent here before I pledge, but it is to me the most, most egregious, gross abuse, gross abuse of, of power, uh, that I've ever seen in my, in my short life. All right. Uh, what do you say we do start our program today with our pledge? I met so many great people in Medina. I always meet great people in Medina. And I see great people that I've seen before uh, in Medina on uh, uh, Friday night. It was a great, great event. Uh, Medina County GOP uh, put on a, a Christmas gala. It was a wonderful dinner. We heard from some great mayors in Medina County. Uh, we heard from some uh, great people uh, all over. I gave us privileged enough to give a... Uh, a little a little talk and to uh, discuss the Christmas story, the telling of the Christmas story of the birth of our Lord. And uh, it was a great event. And um, I met more and more people who said to me, Bob, I said, you know who said it? Jim Renacy's wife. I met uh, Jim Renacy's wife, Tina Renacy, for the first time. He was there. And she said to me, Bob, I stand for that pledge every single morning with you. And I just, you know, I just, you know. I try not to look like an idiot and smile ear to ear. I, I try to just kind of downplay it a little bit and saying that's wonderful. But inside, I was just beaming because I, it works. It works. This little tiny lift of patriotism does something for people. Um, it makes me feel very good inside, truthfully. So let's do that now, patriots, if you would. Go ahead and stand. And uh, if you do have a, oh, this was another great one, too. Somebody sent me a direct message on Facebook that I opened yesterday for the first time. And, yeah, I heard it. I think this is it. Yeah, there it is. Uh, I, I wish I could pronounce this uh, this uh, Facebook friend's name. D-Z-I-E-J. Dej? Maybe the Z is silent. Dej? I don't know. But I love him because he sent me a picture of his dashboard in his car. And it says, Bob, I'm usually listening in the car when you do the Pledge of Allegiance, but I want to participate. So I got the idea of putting a 50-cent forever stamp on my dashboard. And he has a picture of it here. Now I can join in. Thank you for everything you do. Oh, it's just Jay. He pronounces it. He wrote it J-A-Y at the end. Jay in Cleveland. Okay. Jay sent me a picture of a stamp that he has stuck to the dashboard of his car. So that when we do our Pledge of Allegiance, he can indeed face a flag, as I always say. I'm telling you, it makes me feel extraordinary. And it makes me feel hopeful about our country, that we have so many people who um, uh, are interested in pledging their allegiance to this great republic and winning it back from those who have endeavored to take it from us. All right, patriots, please stand if you can. Face a flag if you can, however you can. And if you can't, that's okay, too. But please join us in the pledge. Leftists, go ahead and sit this one out. You and Colin and the rest of the uh, anti-Americans, the Marxists, uh, and those 20% or less uh, Biden voters who actually approve of the job he's doing, you guys go ahead and take your knee. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. A stamp, an American flag stamp. That's all it takes. I love, 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 love that. And thank you to Tina Renacy for telling me that, too, when we met uh, on uh, on Friday night in Medina. It was a terrific event. And uh, I want to thank uh, Tom Wyan, by the way, uh, for the invitation to speak and to join the Medina County GOP for that wonderful dinner. What was there, about 150, 175 people, something like that there. It was a wonderful dinner, and it was just such a – it wasn't even political. 
This wasn't, we've got to beat the Democrats at this, that, yet. No, 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 no. It was a Christmas gala. We were celebrating the holiday spirit. We were talking about what we do with our families. We were talking about how important, you know, this day is and this Christmas season is to, uh, you know, to our country and to, to the spirituality of our country, to the faithful. Uh, and yes, we had people there who don't even celebrate Christmas because they are Jewish friends, and they were there celebrating with us and talking about Hanukkah. Uh, and it's just a, it's a glorious time. It's a glorious time for the faithful and believers in God uh, to come together, and I really enjoyed that very much. Okay. Uh, you know who's not enjoying things very well right now? Brandon has to be just, uh, you know, filling his depends uh, over this. Uh, 28% is Joe Biden's new approval rating. 28%. I thought things were going badly for President Trump when he was down in the low 40s with horrific negative news coverage. I thought things were bad when they dipped down into the mid-30s for President Trump, and they were, thanks in large part to the Washington Post, to the New York Times, ABC, NBC, CBS, uh, CNN, MSNBC, and on down the line we go. Constant negative press coverage, no matter how well things were going under President Trump. And they were. Economically, I don't want to go back through this whole thing about the unemployment numbers at historic lows and the economy at historic highs and and all of the different things that President Trump did. Uh, securing the border, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. crime uh, plummeting. But the reality is all those things were happening, and they were he got nothing but negative coverage. Impeach him! Russian collusion! And just constant badgering of the man. Meanwhile, here we are with uh, President Brandon, and, and he has glowing, favorable coverage, and people are still reporting their disapproval of what our lives are like under the Brandon administration. Just one in four Americans approve of how President Brandon is handling his job, particularly inflation, which I discussed a moment ago and will discuss more. His job performance on crime skyrocketing all across this country. Gun violence, which I hate the terminology of. It's not gun violence. People aren't, or guns aren't jumping up and shooting people. It's people using guns to commit crimes. And of course, the left is going to blame the actual guns for it so that they can stop people from having their own guns to defend themselves against such crime, but I digress. And, of course, the economic non-recovery. The new poll, again, this is not a Fox News poll. I always find it very important to point out the source of the poll because people will accuse certain you know, organizations, individuals, entities, etc., of push-polling. You know, Fox, if it's a Fox poll, they probably ask people questions that led them into automatic criticism of Joe Biden, and therefore you can't trust it. This is what they do. They do the same thing with Rasmussen, and quite frankly, I know because there are a lot of polls that are done by, you know, the left-wing organizations that I don't trust because I know they're push-pulls. As an example, Jane Timken, candidate for the Ohio Senate seat current held by, currently held by Rob Portman, and she's in this field of seven or eight candidates, and she just put out a push-pull last week trying to tell everybody that, holy cow, look at how Jane's, Jane Timken is surging. She closed the gap between herself and front-runner Josh Mandel by six points. Everybody else lost uh, approval because Jane Timken is out there, boy, and she's fine. What a bunch of hogwash. I responded to it by telling Team Timken and their push poll, uh, we don't buy it for a second. You were at 3%. You're not at 17% now. But push polling happens, and I bring all of that up to tell you this. This is ABC News Ipsos, 
And this poll was conducted very recently. This is December 10th and 11th. Today is the 13th. So this is current. This is right now. And this is ABC News and Ipsos Polling Service. 28% of those surveyed found, uh, or tw- of those surveyed approved of Joe Biden's handling of inflation. 69% disapprove. Inflation was up over 6.8% over this past year as of November, the highest rate of increase since 1982. 1982. Uh, Let me give you some of the specifics. Let me pull up the actual Ipsos poll, not just the description of it. I'm going to read to you some of the actual numbers here, okay? Do you approve or disapprove of the way Joe Biden is handling the economic recovery? Now, mind you, the last time the same service did the same survey was October 29th and 30th. 47% approved, 53% disapproved. That's bad. But now on the December 10th and 11th survey, 41% disapprove and 57% disapprove. That's a 10-point swing. That's 6% fewer people, or 6% fewer of the, of the survey uh, people surveyed approve, and 4% more disapprove. That's a huge swing. Do you approve or disapprove of the way Joe Biden is handling gun violence? October 29th and 30th, 39% approve, 60% disapprove. That's beyond underwater. That's horrible. And it only got worse. Now 32% approve, 66% disapprove. What about crime in America? Crime is surging all across the country as Democrat platforms and priorities take over, including defunding and semi-abolition of police forces in America's largest cities, smash-and-grab policies, liberal district attorneys uh, uh, instituting low bail or no bail for violent criminals who go right back out and reoffend while they're waiting for their trials, and Joe Biden and the left, these are Joe Biden or Brandon policies, 32% 32% approve of how, I'm sorry, 36% approve of how he's handling crime, 61% disapprove. What about rebuilding of the U.S. infrastructure? This one he's on the right side of, but this is still not moving the needle for him overall in, in, in any way. Back in August, he was 62% approve of his rebuilding of the U.S. infrastructure. Now, 53. That has dipped down by nine points. However, it is uh, he is still on the right side of things there with 53% approval and 43% disapproval. And that, of course, has only to do with the recent infrastructure bill that was passed. Climate change, 46% approve, 51% disapprove. It's one of the dumbest things you could ever ask because nobody can impact climate change from their space here on Earth. Uh, taxes, 40% approve, 57% disapprove. Foreign policy, relations with Russia, 42% approve, 55% disapprove. Inflation, and I gave you the economy number before, which is including inflation, but this isolates inflation as its own metric. 28% approve, 69% disapprove because of what is happening to us and our ability to uh, stretch our dollars as far as we can. 
Then it goes into mask mandates and uh, coronavirus and other Vladimir Putin and other things. Bottom line is Joe Biden is in some serious, serious trouble. President Brandon is in trouble, and the Democrats are even in even more trouble. And you want to know why? Because there's nobody else for them to turn to. They can't turn to Kamala because Kamala's ratings are lower than Biden's. Which, by the way, is a sad state of affairs in this country, but a glorious statement on how Americans are finally waking up to the nightmare that is the liberal Democrat Marxist administration of Let's Go Brandon. 925, quick time out, right back after this. I don't know if we called it the Great Awakening or what we call it, but um, these polling numbers, again, this is not a push poll. It's not a Republican-leaning poll or a, you know, a, 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 an outsized sample size of polling red states. No, this is ABC Ipsos, and it is ugly, ugly for Joe Brandon. Uh, Mike is in uh, Ohio. Where in Ohio, Mike? I know you're in Ohio. You're listening to an Ohio-based broadcast. Where are you calling from, Mike? <laughs> I'm uh, from Aurora. How are you doing? I'm great, Mike. Go right ahead. What's on your mind? Good. Uh, I want to talk about inflation. One thing that uh, I I just got in the mail was my renewal for my actually for my medical insurance, and mm-hmm. I don't know how much inflation plays into it, but I've had the largest single increase year over year than I've ever had by a long shot. And when wow. it increases, it typically I was around eleven, twelve percent per year, and this was thirty three percent. Oh my goodness! Tripled, tripled, yeah. tripled, and I was still in the same age group. You know, they break it down by five-year categories. So when you hit 60, obviously it jumps. Well, I'm 59 this year, so I was still in that 55 to 59, which I will be for the next 10 years. But I was still in that 59 age group, and uh, so I wasn't affected by the by the jump to 60. Right. And it's just it, it went off the charts. So I, I got to assume that with medical costs rising and everything else, inflation is affecting insurance. Well, it is. There's no doubt about it, because when the costs go up of all, pretty much all goods and services, it includes medical supplies, it includes, uh, uh, you know, hospital operation fees and so forth and medical exactly. centers. And you know what's really exactly. bad? If they did this to you at 59, God, God forbid when you get into the next group next year, when you go up to the 60 group. Oh, it's, it's, it's another 7,000, numbers. It's like $7,000 additional next year. It's crazy. Uh, I, yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, I mean, we own our own, we own our own business and we're covering insurance for our employees, but mm-hmm. it's tough. It's really tough right now. No, so, I, I, by I know the way, it is. Go ahead, Mike. Smile on your face. For, I said last thing, keep, your, keep that smile on your face here to ear for the Pledge of Allegiance. I'm, I'm really proud that you're doing it. Uh, well, thank great. you very much. I appreciate it. I just, I appreciate the call too, and God bless you. Thanks for sharing your story with us. I, I want to hear that from more people. By the way, as the program goes on, after we talk to Jim Jordan, I want to talk about real world problems from Joe Brandon's uh, Biden inflation. That's really what we're going to call it, Biden inflation. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, it's it's just one of those things where you, you know, I don't want the pats on the back, but but they do feel really good, and I don't want to make it look that way. <laughs> Thank you, my friend, for the call. And uh, it's nine thirty one. News time now. Jordan next. AM fourteen twenty. The answer.
because the president is incoherent doesn't mean you have to be. The Bob France Authority, keeping you politically coherent. On AM 1420, The Answer. Yes, indeed, now 937. Good morning. Thanks for being with us on AM 1420, The Answer. Time to welcome our uh, Monday guest to our program. He is the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee. He is the uh, 4th Congressional District Representative in the state of Ohio. He is also an author. And his book, recently released, is just killing it, as one might imagine. And, of course, I'm talking about Do What You Said You Would Do by Jim Jordan, who joins us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Congressman, good morning. How are you? I'm fine, Bob. How are you doing? I'm doing well. You timed it up perfectly, by the way. Late November release, just in time for Christmas, and I hope this is <laughs> under many a tree and in many a stocking uh, over the course well, of uh, the Christmas. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's yes. important. Things are doing well. So, Fighting thanks. for freedom in the swamp is the subtitle there, and I uh, and I could not agree more with its premise. Uh, Congressman, a lot of work to do here, so I'm going to dive right into it. And, I, and before we talk about some of the actual issues that you may or may not have an impact on, I want to just talk about the January 6th committee, which you mm-hmm. could have had an impact on and you would have had an impact on, which is why Nancy Pelosi refused to allow you to serve on it, which is why yeah. there are no Republican, actual Republican members, um, not counting Liz Cheney, uh, on uh, that committee. And, uh, you know, I had your speaking of books i had your buddy mark meadows on last week on friday and uh we talked mm-hmm. about his book the chief's chief and we talked also about this um situation in which they were going to go ahead and uh uh and uh charge him with contempt of congress uh or con- yeah contempt of congress through for not appearing yeah. before this committee can you give me your thoughts i heard an interview you did you talked about he was right to not go before that committee uh but now they're going to try to uh they're going to try to charge him can you give us your opinion on that so so bob the the the, the National Security Advisor, the White House Counsel, and the Chief of Staff are the three individuals closest to the President of the United States. They have the highest level of executive privilege. And I would argue the one closest of the close is the Chief of Staff. And yet the Democrat says, oh, we're going we're gonna to destroy that, just like they're trying to destroy all the other presidents. I mean, th- th- think about it. Democrats kick Republicans off committee in the, in the House. Democrats won't let some members serve on a committee that you just referenced. First time in the history of the House of Representatives that, is, that has ever happened. Democrats are trying to make D.C. a state so they get two new U.S. senators. Democrats are trying to get rid of the filibuster. They're trying to pack the court. They weaponized impeachment, held hearings in the basement of the bunker of the Capitol, secret impeachment proceedings. So what president? precedent aren't they willing to break or aren't they willing to just throw away now here comes mark meadows and mark even agreed he said look i will turn over thousands of documents which he did i will come and testify and answer any question you have except those that would violate this privilege that has been around since george washington and they says no we're going to try to put you in prison that's how sick they have become in their quest for political attacks on their on their opponents so um this is as wrong as it gets. Um, we know it, but but now we're to the point where nothing from these guys really surprises us anymore, and that's the scariest thing of all. But it's also why Joe Biden's approval ratings are like the, the lowest in the history of presidents, and I think we're going to win big in the in the upcoming midterm elections. Yeah, we'll talk about those polls in a second, Congressman. Mm-hmm. Um, help me out here, just from um, uh, from a constitutional and a legal and a governmental precedent standpoint, they're saying he doesn't have privilege anymore. That privilege ended. He's not president now. You can indeed uh, and must, in fact, they're saying, come and talk to us about what happened uh, because you know you are no longer you are no longer protected by uh, executive privilege. Even President Trump upheld the executive privilege for President Obama when there were documents that were wanted. Even the Trump administration says no to protect the presidency. And you know why we protect this executive privilege, Bob? 
It's not about the president, per se. It's not about the chief of staff of the White House Council, the National Security Advisor, or anyone else in the administration who's the closest advisor to the president. The reason we have it, the Supreme Court was very clear. We have this for the people, for the public interest. It's about we, the people, because you want an executive, you want the commander-in-chief to be able to have frank conversations, hard-hitting conversations with the people in the government, in the executive branch, so that that individual, as commander-in-chief, as head of the executive branch, can make the decisions that need to be made on behalf of we, the American people. Democrats don't care about that fundamentally, because for them it's not about the country. It's about political power. So that's, that's why this is so wrong, and the Democrats are so wrong in what they're pushing and what they're trying to do to a good man. We are talking with Congressman Jim Jordan this morning. He's the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee. And again, he is an author whose book is a must-read and really a must-gift for this Christmas season. Do what you said you would do. Congressman, um, you mentioned the polling of Joe Biden. It's why he is sinking so much. I mean, this is extraordinary. I was worried when Donald Trump got into the low 40s. I was worried when he got into the low 30s. And and I knew why it was, despite his tremendous success in policy and turning things around and and presiding over a record-breaking economy and a record-breaking unemployment rate in terms of being the lowest ever, Mm -hmm. Uh, I know what the press did to him. And they they, they covered up all of his achievements, and they they lied uh, to, to make him look bad with collusion stories and more. But here's a positive press, Congressman Jordan. Here's a positive press yeah. trying to make excuses yeah. for everything Joe Biden does, and he's getting a 28% approval rating on the inflation, on the economy and inflation. Yeah. Well, no, no, you're exactly right. The press covers for him. The press treats him like with kid gloves, and yet the American people, because the American people are smart, the American people have common sense, they see through it all. They see how bad his policies are, and frankly, they see how inept he is whenever he stands in front of the public and tries to communicate. It's it, it, it's actually kind of it's sad. I mean, it, it, there's no other way to put it. It is sad for him and his family. It's sad for the office of, of the presidency. It's sad for the country. Uh, his inability to to put two sentences together and actually communicate with the American people. Um, but his policies are sadder yet, and what they're doing to our economy, what they're doing to the American people, and and frankly, what they're doing to the Bill of Rights and the First Amendment um, is scary as well. Now, thank goodness the courts are helping us there, but. Um, yeah, I'm not surprised that his numbers are that low. I mean, frankly, if you know, 28% think he's you know, 28% think he's doing an okay job. I'd like to meet these 28% because there's there there is nothing they have done right. Not one single policy area, not one single decision that they have done right. Um, so I'm not surprised by the numbers. Well, yeah, and you, but you know how that works too. Every every poll is going to have blind partisans who are going to say, "I hate the other side so much, I love my guy," no matter yeah. what the the actual reality of it is. Uh, but but you know, to to break this down even further, I heard this number this morning as well in West Virginia, and this matters, of course, because you know this is a red state with a blue uh, sure. senator who is kind of the you know the thorn uh, in the uh, in the in the rear end of of the Democrats when it comes to build back better. And the people of that state, fifty seven percent, strongly disagree approve of what joe biden is doing and planning with build back better only eight percent strongly approved and when you add somewhat approved it only got up to it only got up to about 30 percent 57 percent strongly disapprove of the idea of build back better in west virginia that's got to just be sending alarm bells ringing into the ears of all the democrats yeah, yeah. well i mean and, and you know it's no no accident why when 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 we used to have safe streets and we now have record levels of crime, when we used to have a border that was secure and we now have no border, uh, we have complete chaos. When when we used to have uh, be an energy independent country, now we have you know a gas a dollar gallon more 
and we have the president begging OPEC to increase production when we used to respect our law enforcement. Now we have a Democrat party in office who, who, who uh, attacks our law enforcement all the time and says they need to be defunded. I, I mean, you could go on when, when we used to be respected around the world and we now have uh, the debacle that was the Afghanistan exit. I mean, so I, 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 there's, there's no other place. Everything has been bad. So, yeah, you can see why. And particularly in the state that was so pro-Trump and they, they, they uh, voters say, you know, it was just 12 months ago that things were darn good. I mean, best we've ever had, and and yet uh, uh, now now we see how bad it's gotten. So that explains the numbers, but they they're committed to just keep on doing their crazy things. And um, again, it's why we're going to have to just win the win the election and and change uh, change who runs Congress. Yeah, no question about that. Uh, we're talking with uh, Congressman Jim Jordan this morning, as we do each and every Monday, as his schedule allows. One last question on on inflation. I don't know who does the grocery shopping for the Jordan household or who does the Christmas shopping for kids and grandkids and nieces and nephews, but I'm asking Ohioans today um, what inflation is doing to middle-class America. I'm asking what yep. are you seeing seriously when you go to the grocery store, when you go out to eat, when you go out to shop for presents and clothes and so forth. What 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 is the real-world impact of the inflation on the people uh, you know, middle, in middle America? And um, it's, it's devastating, because I'm one of them, by the way. I am right in the heart, in the middle of middle class, and sure. I am one of them, yep. and, I, and I know what the numbers are when I go shopping, and I'm asking others. Obviously, we know this is harming Joe Biden, and from a political standpoint, we can say good, but I don't want Joe Biden to be harmed by bad inflation. Right. I want inflation to go away. That's what I want. I, yep. want. I want our prices to go back down. What can we do? Well, you cannot you cannot pass this this two trillion dollars more in spending, which is actually five trillion according to the to the uh, Wharton School business. So you you cannot do that. Even though Joe Biden said like two months ago, oh, if we spend another two to five trillion dollars, it's going to help inflation. There's not a, <laughs> a a rational sane person on the planet who believes that. So you, it would help by not passing that. Hopefully, Joe Manchin will do what he said he would do and not pass this legislation. The same with Senator Sinema. So that, that's one way you help on inflation. But, but again, it, it's across the board. We've got to stop them in so many I mean, the idea, we talked about this a few weeks ago, the idea that the Attorney General of the United States is, is engaging the counterterrorism division of the FBI to go after parents, moms and dads who are speaking out against the curriculum in schools, is frightening. So all this contributes to his ridiculously low uh, approval numbers because, he, they, again, I keep saying it, they haven't done anything right. Yeah, no, there's there's no question about that. And again, more and more parents, middle class parents, are suffering. They're suffering in terms of uh, you know what the how far their their monthly paychecks or their weekly or biweekly paychecks can stretch. And yeah, they're suffering in yep. terms of what's going on with their kids as well. And another way Americans continue to suffer, Congressman, is through the ongoing battle with COVID nineteen and now the latest variant. And I want to give you get your re- uh, reaction. To Dr. Anthony Fauci, the grand poobah, apparently, of epidemiology in America, who said this weekend two things. Number one, that a fourth booster shot may become necessary. After you get your booster shot now for Pfizer uh, and your booster shot or your booster shot for Moderna or your booster shot for Johnson, that a fourth one may be necessary later on, maybe in the spring, in order to combat the Omicron variant. Now, then when asked about boosters going forward, his response was, Americans are going to have to, quote, just have to deal with it, end quote. Now, that's yeah. that's bad enough, Congressman, but before you respond to that, Pfizer, which remains the only one of the companies to have been granted, quote, unquote, full FDA approval for their profit shot, worked with BioNTech to develop that shot. BioNTech's CEO 
man by the name of um, of uh, Yuger Shaheen uh, declared that the new vaccine designed to tackle the Omicron variant would need to be given in three doses, meaning we're up to six <laughs> shots now. I-, I wish I was making this up, but we're up to six shots now. Congressman, is there is there anything that Congress can do to rein in these drug cartels? And that's what Pfizer has become. They have people hooked just as assuredly as if they were hooked on cocaine or on marijuana or on heroin. They're getting people hooked on booster after booster. They're up to six now and saying it out loud. Yeah. Uh, someone said, you know, 15 days to slow the spread has turned into, you know, uh, the, or the hardest part of 15 days to slow the spread is always the first 20 months. I mean, this has just gotten ridiculous. And, and I don't know that anyone believes anything Fauci says anymore. Um, he's been wrong so often. I believe him when he eating. says four shots are coming. And I believe uh, the well, other guy when he says it's actually that's too few, Dr. Fauci, it's going to be six. Well, the, 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 you know, the good news is we're getting good, good decisions from the court. And you've probably seen a number of the big healthcare uh, uh, organizations are saying now that we've got good decisions from the court, they're getting rid of the mandate on their on their nurses and doctors and staff to to get the mandated vaccine because of the, just it's an economic decision for them. They, they can't find they can't find workers. But I would say this to Dr. Fauci when he says deal with it. Here's one thing Dr. Fauci is going to have to deal with. If the American people do what I think they're going to do in the midterm election, Dr. Fauci is going to have to deal with the Republican-controlled Congress who will be issuing subpoenas for the documents that explain that, that, that I think will tell us exactly what we've always suspected about the origins of this virus. He's going to have to turn over the documents and, frankly, come testify in front of committees. So we may have to deal with his, what, what he's saying. I don't think so because I think the courts are on our side. But he's going to have to deal with coming in front of Congress and having his documents subpoenaed and answering the American people's questions. I know that much. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. These are some very, very dangerous people, and I feel like Big Pharma, which I call drug cartels, they are literally running the government right now. They are telling Fauci what to do, and then Fauci is telling Biden what to do, and Biden is out there saying, go get it done, go get these shots. And here's my last thought on this, Congressman, and I know you're not a doctor, and, I, and, I, and I'm reticent to ask you to play one here, but they have said that, and I'm talking they, the world over, has said that the Omicron variant is much more transmissible than the other variants. It is far less dangerous. In fact, to my understanding, there is not a single worldwide death that has been attributable to, attributable to the Omicron variant. So here, here's a question. Would it not make sense for the government to stop pushing boosters to stop people from getting Omicron? Maybe let people get Omicron and they develop the antibodies to fight off COVID-19, period, knowing it's not going to kill people. It gives people fatigue, and I have that all the time anyway. I don't know about you. I'm tired right now. Uh, it gives people fatigue, and it gives them muscle soreness. That's the extent of the of the sickness that you get from this Omicron variant. Nobody's dying. Nobody's hospitalized from Omicron. The, you would think that maybe God gave us a little tool here and said, let this come in, let uh, your natural immunization work for you, develop the antibodies, and guess what? Now COVID-19 is essentially eradicated in short order. Well, well, here's one thing I do know, and I'm going to ask about this tomorrow. we got a hearing in front of the Select Committee on Coronavirus uh, in Good. Congress, and Dr. McCary is coming in tomorrow. And I'm going to ask him straight up about this this lack of, 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 of our CDC and our government uh, having any account for natural immunity. Oh, so many other countries do. And frankly, wh- why hasn't the CDC done a study on it? I mean, just do a study, because Israel did a study. They did it back in the summer, and, they, they, and their study was overwhelming people who have natural immunity. Now, I'm not, I don't want anyone to get this, and I'm not advocating that we do stuff that, that makes people get this virus. That, uh, not at all. 
But for those who do and have natural immunity, why don't we take that into account? Israel did the study, and it said they're like 27 times more better prepared to deal with it, uh, with, with the virus, if, they've, if, if people have had it and got natural immunity. I, I don't understand that. Didn't one, of your colleagues, didn't one of your colleagues just actually uh, uh, present a bill to recognize a natural immunity as... as uh, yeah. Uh, for, for uh, Roger Marshall, Roger Marshall, Senator from Kansas, uh, he he actually is uh, is introducing a bill, I believe, calling uh, and demanding that the federal government, and the Biden administration, recognize natural yep. immunity as being not only better than vaccinated in terms of you know requirements and so forth, but also um, uh, uh, as as maybe the answer to 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 the issue here of these very very weak efficacy and waning vaccines that are out there. Natural immunity is proving to be much more robust and much longer lasting. Why don't we yeah. recognize that? It makes no sense. And Dr. Marshall's also introduced the legislation that says let's let's uh, let's not be funding any gain of function research like Dr. Fauci did via EcoHealth over to the and then the money was over to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So he's got two good pieces of legislation. It makes no sense that there is no accounting for natural immunity. Uh, but again, this is this is the Fauci world we live in. Uh, and Fauci is running the government because we had a, we had a hearing a week ago where I asked the, the witness, I said, who does Dr. Fauci Institute? I first asked a simple question. He said, when did Dr. Fauci ever put his name on a ballot and run for office? And, of course, he has. He's not a member of Congress, not a member, never elected anything. I said, well, who does he answer to? And, she, and, and the witness said, well, he answers to the president. I said, not really, because Dr. Fauci said a few weeks ago, uh, I represent science. I am science. And Joe Biden has said repeatedly, I'm going to follow the science, which means Dr. Fauci's in charge, which is scary. So um, that, that's the biggest concern here, and that's that's what we have to change. When I talk about taking on the swamp and, and, and fighting against them. It is these, these bureaucrats who never have to go out and be accountable to we the people. That's the scariest thing in Washington, the power the bureaucracy has, these unelected officials who are trying to run our lives. Well, everything you just said is true, and to put a capper on it, didn't Biden say in an off-the-cuff moment uh, about a week ago that he's not sure who's president, <laughs> him or Fauci? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he literally said... <laughs> Fa- Fauci, I don't know who the president is, me or Fauci, but uh, but that's that yeah. lets you know how much a ga- he is letting a this is, guy call it. A gaffe is when a Democrat says the truth, and that's that's <laughs> right there. I mean, that's exactly what happened. Do what you said you would do, Fighting for Freedom in the Swamp by Congressman Jim Jordan. Perfect Christmas gift. It's a must-read. Congressman, thanks for the time. I appreciate it. We'll get you one more time for Christmas next week. All right. All right. Take care, Thank brother. You. All right. That's Jim Jordan on AM 1420, The Answer. Like I said, we'll have him one more time next week before Christmas, and uh, we'll take our uh, time out right now and come right back. Yeah, I was really, really um, encouraged to hear what uh, Roger Marshall said. Senator Roger Marshall, he was on, uh, he was on NBC yesterday. And he's calling on Biden, and I, and I, I don't know if he actually introduced a bill or if it's just a, you know, a verbal call out. But he's calling on President Brandon to tell the CDC to recognize natural immunity when it comes to combating the the pandemic. Uh, and this isn't just some nobody. Roger Marshall's a doctor; he's a physician, and he has voice support for ongoing coronavirus immunizations. But says not everybody needs to be vaccinated with these uh, RNA shots particularly uh, the booster shots as well, because people are protected with their natural immunity once they recover from COVID-19. And any exposure to COVID-19, even if you don't get sick uh, per se, 
But if you're exposed to loved ones who have had it and your body starts building antibodies to this virus, that's got to be counted as being vaccinated. And moreover, and more importantly, it's got to be used as a medical exemption when somebody is facing a mandate at a job or, or at any other particular place that may be mandating vaccines. That should be accepted as a medical exemption. Oh, already have the vaccine. It's called natural immunity. I've got antibodies. I can show you a test proving I've got antibodies. Shouldn't have to. It's my business, not yours. But I could. And this is what should happen. If the CDC had pivoted sooner, we would have saved thousands of lives, Marshall said. I think being honest with people, the CDC needs to acknowledge natural immunity. Like, as a, look, as a physician, he said, I was never able to talk anybody into stopping smoking by a mandate or trying to argue with them. It was by being honest and communicating with them. 92% of Americans have some level of immunity to this virus now based upon the CDC website. So let's start there. And really, the messaging coming out of the White House has to be, acknowledge natural immunity and be honest with America. You want to know why they won't acknowledge natural immunity? Because Pfizer, the drug cartel to end all drug cartels, doesn't make a nickel out of your immune system fighting off COVID-19. They make billions if they convince you to take a shot to fight off COVID-19. That's why they don't recognize natural immunity. I'll be back after the news.